0: And this is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be starting our Parks Icons mini series.
1: I'm excited about this one. Um, the way we ended up doing this actually was uh, Paige had just finished up. We just finished up pod snacks, and Paige had kind of like driven the car on that one and did a fantastic job and then thank you th- yep, thank you <clears> thank <throat> you at the end of the last week we talked about you know some of our thoughts and feelings for the show and how we wanted to have it be a little bit more educational um more academic if you will hence you know the name so uh Paige basically threw it at me and said i think that i want you to do the next one have fun and i was like what am i gonna do So I kind of just, like, was scratching my head up late last night. I spent probably an hour and a half trying to figure out what I wanted to do before I actually landed on it. Yeah. So um, basically one little idea ended up evolving and turning into a big idea. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be, like, a six-part series. Yep. Um, I think we can do more, but we will get into that a little later. Sure. Um, I just have a couple of other ideas, but that's kind of – I think that'll be a different thing altogether. For sure. Uh, yeah, um, not a whole lot Disney related going on this week. I don't think it's been kind of quiet in the community.
0: Well, one thing that I am excited about is, uh, jumping right into well, it's because it has to do with Disney news. Sure. Um, the live action Little Mermaid meet and greet started this week, and so you know, all the box office numbers will be coming out soon because this is the big weekend for the Little Mermaid live mm-hmm. action, you know, holiday weekend. So mm-hmm. I think the box office numbers will probably be pretty big once we get through Monday and kind of see where that lands. But um, yeah, I, I think the the meet and greet looks awesome. She looks yeah. so cute. She looks, looks exactly great. like Halle Bailey. It's so cute. Yeah. So I think that's really exciting. <clears throat> that Obviously, is really exciting. I'm not going this week to meet her, but Still, something I'm excited about this week is all the new Little Mermaid stuff.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's been everywhere. Um, I feel like I haven't been able to stop seeing, like online right. in store. We were in Target today, and there was a whole like end cap dedicated to it. So it's fun. Um, I don't think we're gonna be able to catch it in theaters this year.
0: No, we'll have to wait until it comes on Disney Plus. Yeah,
1: we were talking about whether or not we could take our daughter to go see it. She's uh, one, eighteen months old. Uh, so like one and a half almost and uh we were kind of talking about like whether or not we could we could do that or if she would behave herself for it and we kind of came to the conclusion that both of our first uh movies we were over 2 years old.
0: Yeah, mine I was like 2 and 1 week. It was 101 Dalmatians.
1: Yeah, and I my first film I saw in theaters was Toy Story 1 and uh I think it was June or July of 95 it came out so I was like two and a quarter, two yep. and change, or whatever. Yep. So, um, she's a little too young to go see that film. She'll probably be still be too young for Elemental.
0: Yeah. Uh, but she's but, really excited about that one. She keeps seeing yeah. previews and things, and she gets mm-hmm. really excited because she calls the you know the little girl that is made of fire. She calls hot, and then the guy made of water. She calls wawa. So it's a fun little thing. She gets really excited if she says hot and wawa and. Yeah. She's all excited to see that one. So those I, will be think, two Disney um, Plus watches for us this year. Or we
1: can maybe try to do that and catch a really early matinee. Yeah, you know? We'll see. Maybe we'll see. wait till it's been out for a couple of weeks and yeah. then try to get a theater out to ourselves. Um, cool. Uh, is there anything, though, besides that, that you are feeling excited about this week or was that kind of your thing?
0: That was my thing I was excited about. Okay. Uh Other than that, you know, um, insert ESPN music here. Here's our sports moment of the week. Okay. My – uh My good, good baseball boys had their City Connect release this weekend.
1: Yeah, it was Baltimore City Connect weekend.
0: The games didn't go so well that they they wore the jerseys, but I love the jerseys despite the controversy and how people are so upset about how they don't like them. But all I'm going to say is, you know, we like to keep it positive around here. I actually really love the jerseys. I like them too. I bought one myself. We bought hats Mm -hmm. from the City Connect series. So there have been some... I think some really great City Connect jerseys that have come out yeah. in the MLB, some that are just okay, but I really like ours. So I was definitely excited about that this week.
1: I thought they, they leaked early online a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of people had things to say, but people have things to say about everything. Sure. I mean, we're a Disney podcast, so above anything else, like we know that people have a million negative things to say about Disney, so it's it's it has nothing to do with your team, as you know. <laughs> It just has to do with too much uh, unbridled access to the internet for people to spout their opinions. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. I like those, too. I think they're they're really neat. Um, really kind of play into the rich history of Baltimore. So yep. I'm into it. Yep. Uh, I was thinking about my thing for this week, and uh, we bought our daughter this book called Disney Blocks. And basically, um, it's this children's book, and it's this big block book with uh, – It kind of goes through each, you know, film, like each like marquee film from Disney from Snow White all the way to Frozen 2. And so um, on each page, there are hidden Mickeys and she is able to find each hidden Mickey on the page, which is a lot of fun for us. So we've been kind of teaching her a little bit about like what it means to find hidden Mickeys and stuff like that. And uh, she's gotten really good at finding them. So that's been a lot of fun, I think.
0: Yeah, she's pretty much memorized where most of them are at this point.
1: Yeah, it's 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 fun to like th- that to me is fun because it's just such a, you know, part of the parks that or it's just like it's kind of part of like the Disney lovers experience is to look for Hidden Mickeys and find them and stuff. So um, I'm really, really happy about that for her. Uh, it's it's a, and it's a lot of fun to do that together. You yeah, it's sweet. During the day. Ready for this first uh what did I call it? Parks Park Icons miniseries. Yes. The Parks Academy presents. There we go. Um okay. So what we're doing today is we are going to be kicking off this series talking about Grizzly Peak and Disney's California Adventure. How I got to this, I honestly do not know. Um, but I am I'm really excited about this because uh, you know, we obviously we know a lot of the sort of staple icons of each park. Obviously, there's Cinderella's Castle, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, the Spaceship Earth or Epcot Ball, um, Tower of Terror in Hollywood Studios, Tree of Life, and then, of course, um, some people I think might say it could be Mickey's Fun Wheel or Pixar Pal Around. But really, when DCA opened up, uh, the Grizzly Peak was kind of the main icon for it. Like For a long time, the Disneyland Resort... Um, logo was the castle the monorail and grizzly peak for quite a while in the early 2000s that's what it was okay um so uh here's the thing disney is really really extremely good at creating lore around stuff in their parks like everything has a name everything has a story behind it like no uh no item goes without its own amount of detail.
0: I think that's what sets Disney apart, mostly from other theme parks. Even mm-hmm. Universal, even some of the nicer quality ones, is that's what people talk about. Is even in every queue, you have this storytelling, and every single thing that you see has a story behind it. So I'm excited to see what stories you have behind some of these icons.
1: Yeah. So uh, Disney's California Adventure opened its doors officially on february 8th 2001 so it is uh 22 years old Mm. and uh a little bit of just brief history about disney's california adventure it was um it was actually sort of the successor to the failed idea of westcott which was supposed to happen in california okay um westcott was planned out almost entirely but it failed because of a very mixed recep- reception to Euro Disney uh Euro Disneyland which um was just kind of getting uh, the PR was really bad for it out there in Europe and it was just really becoming kind of a failed experiment and so um <clears throat> they basically trashed westcott and uh we trying to put together some kind of an idea of like what they could do for a new park and so um because we're not doing like a whole history on DCA, I'll just say uh, California Adventure is what they came up with. Okay. And so, um, in 2001, uh, for those of you who remember, California Adventure was treated very much like a very cheesy California postcard. Mm-hmm. And what's weird about that is, as we know, you know, Disney World is for national tourism. They, they both are. Uh, they, they both you know encourage and, and bring in up tourists from all over the world, but um, Disneyland is more localized. Right. And so what was really strange about it was that they were basically pitching come see all of California to Californians or right. to West Coasters.
0: Yeah.
1: And so you walked in and it was like this really terrible you know, sun statue behind a Golden Gate Bridge um, when you walked through. And it was just, I mean, it was as cheesy as cheesy comes. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like timeline one of California Adventure. But um, all throughout that, they still had the Grizzly peak. That was when they first had the commercial. First time I ever saw a commercial for Disney's California Adventure. It was in front of the VHS of Toy Story 2. Really? Yes. Okay. So that was the first time I ever saw a commercial for it. And um, it's very cheesy, uh, terrible uh, terrible animation, just this really kind of weird little video. But the... But the ending of it is the bear roaring, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's like, you know, saying coming soon to Disneyland Resort, um, opening, you know, winter 2001.
0: You know what's weird is I don't remember any advertisements for DCA at all. Even though, like, I Mm -hmm. also had the Toy Story 2 VHS, and it's not like we fast-forwarded through all the beginning. I just, I wonder if because it seemed like a place I would never be able to go to Mm -hmm. if it just never sank in with me. Isn't that weird?
1: That is weird, yeah. Because when
0: there was stuff that was played on Disney Channel as previews and commercials for new rides, new attractions, new shows, it's like if it was not in Walt Disney World, it never sunk in.
1: Isn't that that, weird? That makes sense. Um, What's funny about it to me is that I remember a lot of things about, like, seeing um, announcements and stuff for Disney World because of, like, Disney Channel stuff. Right. So, like, I remember seeing things about, for instance, um, uh, what, Animal Kingdom opening up in, what mm-hmm. was it, 2000? Earth Day in 98. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing, um, you know, stuff for, for instance, um, Expedition Everest really sticks in my mind. I remember those um, ads
0: pretty pretty well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. all of that clicked with me and resonated with me because... I knew that my family would be going to do that, you know, soon at some point. We when we were little, we used to go to Disney. If it wasn't every year, it was at least every other year because we would mm-hmm. go down to Florida for the Orioles spring training every right, year right, for my right. mom's work. Um so it's just weird to me that I guess because it was attached to like, oh, my family's going to be able to do this on vacation. I wonder if that's why those memories sink in more than The ones in Disneyland in DCA just didn't sink in because I was like, that might as well be Tokyo Disney. Like, it doesn't... I
1: get that. You probably never thought you were going to go, right? Right. I never
0: thought that I'd be able to even go. California seemed as far as, like, Mm -hmm. Tokyo Disney, even though it's way closer. It just seemed seemed like I had an equal chance to go there.
1: I'm going to play you the promo really quick, and we should be able to hear it on the... Okay. From the Dream Makers at Disney... Mm. An exciting new theme park is coming to Southern California, located right next door to Disneyland Park, celebrating all the fun and adventure of California.
0: Introducing Disney's California Adventure, a
1: brand new Disney park. Opening February 2001.
0: Yeah, that that like doesn't even, like nothing... In my nostalgia, even yeah. perked up, like, oh my gosh, yes, I do remember that. But what I do think is cool is, mm-hmm. like you had mentioned, there was no like Mickey's Fun Wheel.
1: All you see is it's just
0: like, look at this bear that's right. going to be the new symbol for DCA,
1: right? And the logo at the time was literally just Disney's California Adventure Park. So at some point, they actually dropped Park, right? Um, and so, they, but but so basically, you know, like I had said, it was very. Uh, California tourism, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to I'm just going to kind of go back to the the grizzly bear for a quick second. So one of the most so obviously it's one of the most notable icons. And by the way, I don't know if they actually did drop part. I just don't feel like in it's 2010. As, they did. Drop I just looked sure. it up. Okay,
0: it says previously known as Disney's California Adventure Park from 2001 to 2010. But now it just says Disney California Adventure Park. Park, commonly referred to as California Adventure, or yep. by its acronym DCA. Yeah,
1: okay, great. That's what I thought. I just wanted to double check. Um, so anyway, yeah, Grizzly Peak is 110 feet tall. Um, it's actually the second smallest icon on our list, mm-hmm. the first being uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so many guests, obviously, are going to be familiar with Grizzly River Run, the ride, the white water, uh, water rafting adventure at um, the mountain's base. Um, but what we're going to do is I'm just basically going to kind of talk to you a little bit about and share with you the magic behind the peak itself. Um, the history of Grizzly Peak has a um, really interesting mix of lore and also Disney imagination. Okay. So according to legend, long ago, a coyote A-ha, A-ha-e, uh he met a grizzly bear named Usumate on top of a mountain. Because the grizzly was such a powerful creature, the coyote asked him to watch over and protect the land. One day, people came up the mountain and tried to tra- chase the grizzly bear, um, tried to chase him down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, despite their charge, the, bell- the bear held his ground. When the coyote saw that the bear was alone against the surrounding people, you ready for this? He turned him into stone so he could never be driven away.
0: The coyote turned the bear to stone. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the coyote sounds kind of like a jerk.
0: Yeah. The coyote. What was his, I guess, like, what was his motivation for that?
1: He wanted the bear to just watch over the land.
0: Like forever and ever.
1: Yeah. Okay. And what's interesting is, like, one of the things, too, that I find kind of fascinating is in my research, I I found that. Some people, and I've heard this before, have mistaken it, even though it's called Grizzly Peak. Some people have mistaken it for a coyote howling or like a wolf howling at the moon. Oh, really? Because bears don't typically, you know,
0: I can kind have of have their see... head cocked yeah. back
1: like that. Yeah. Um, and so what it makes me think is mid-stone turning, perhaps the bear was like screaming in anguish or begging him not to, and then he got frozen in time.
0: Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um,
1: so that's, you know, that is uh that's, like, the lore of the mountain, but there's, right. like, an entire – there's way more to it than that. Sure. So, um, according to Walt Disney Imagineering, um, this is all true. Like, it's all not true, but it's – like, it's not real, It's. but it's true lore. <laughs> true lore. Got it. Okay, so no one's really sure exactly when the first people arrived at Grizzly Peak, Um However, um, petroglyphs and rock paintings throughout the area suggest that um, people believe that all living creatures were kin to humankind. So basically, it was saying, you know, it didn't matter who you were—animal, man—everyone kind of walked together as one, um, and they took each other as lessons and offered guidance on their journeys. Um, and basically, you know, the grizzly bear was like the the most esteemed animal. Okay. Out of all the ones that were kind of around the the area at Got the time. It. Okay. Um and so they were also saying, you know, that a lot of people believe that the territory around Grizzly Peak actually sort of reflects the bear's personality. So, you know, the mighty granite peaks, the tall, proud trees and the roaring waterfalls all kind of like mm-hmm. uh sort of, you know, are an expression of who the bear is. Right.
0: It's like mirroring the qualities of a grizzly, right?
1: Yeah. So well, it gets even sense. crazier because I have actually facts and figures and numbers.
0: Facts and for figures lore. and numbers, okay.
1: So when the bear was frozen into the mountains, thousands of years later, Jacob Probst, who was a German immigrant, not a, not Jeff not Probst,
0: related to our good good boy Jeff. He might be, Survivor. but I don't.
1: I don't think so. Okay. He okay. He accidentally discovered gold by throwing his hat into the river and then stepping on it. Okay. And when he put his hat back on his head, which I guess is common. Like if you've been hiking, sometimes you'll take your hat and like put it into the water sure. and put it back on your head for yep. cool and relief.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So he puts it back on his head and he discovers a one-pound gold nugget that was inside of his hat. Okay. And this is
0: all grizzly magic. This is
1: this is all like early Northern California prospecting. Got it. Gold mining kind of stuff. Yep. So the gold uh The gold nugget is worth today, in today's money, it'd be $27,000. Okay. And so he staked his claim and he continued sort of panning for gold, but he thought it'd be more lucrative to sell to the Eureka Gold and Timber Company, where uh, they took over and um, they took over that land. He sold it for millions of dollars. They took over the land that's now known as uh, Grizzly Peak. And they even opened a general store, aka the um, Russian River, R-U-S-H-I-N the Ah, russian river outfitters which is the gift shop
0: yes um but
1: around there you can see like lore and stuff about how it was the general store um and how the uh like for instance the eureka golden timber company is actually written on the side of um a lot of the buildings and stuff around the area
0: very cool so
1: um here's what happened okay In the 1950s, the mine was basically tapped dry and there was like no more gold in it. Mm -hmm. So the land was sold to the U.S. government to be turned into the Grizzly Peak Recreation Area, which is, you know, what it's known as today. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, it's now a lush green wonder for outdoor enthusiasts. Um, What's interesting, though, is that you, the first time you ever went to Disney's California Adventure was in 2016. 16, yep. So from 2001 to 2012 um uh, the lore continues okay, okay. that's kind of like the big like bulk of it all which right. is kind of crazy enough that there's yep. all that information about about it sure but
0: like somebody sat down and created an entire backstory
1: yeah for everything it's yes. crazy um so before from 2001 to 2012 uh that entire area, which is very peaceful and serene, and for those of you who have you know, grown up going to Disneyland, you will know this, um, it used to be like an extreme sports area. Really? Yeah. So it was basically like Grizzly Peaks uh, sponsored by X Games, essentially, because X Games were really big okay. at that time in yes. the early 2000s. Yep. And so um, <laughs> the National Park, they started offering raft tours to discover the beauty of the Grizzly Peak area. And um, before they started doing that though, it was actually owned by someone named, this is like crazy to me. It was owned by someone named Bumper McFerrin. Okay. And basically Grizzly Peaks was kind of like this 1990s vibe. Uh-huh. And um, it... when you were going through the line of Grizzly, Pe- of Grizzly Pe- uh, the river run, mm-hmm. right? It was actually in the line there was like extreme sports memorabilia everywhere, and um, so what they were basically what, what the lore continues to say is you know after the u s government bought it and they were trying to turn it into this nice, peaceful area, um, it was purchased uh, so so bumper McFerrin purchased the old mining factory and he used it as his base of operations for his whitewater rafting experiences um, and as you were going up the you know, as you were kind of so when you get on the ride, you essentially have to go on like one of those little turning. Um, you've been on like white water rides kind of before, right? We have when to get I on like the turning, younger. rotating yep. uh, platform, and then you have mm-hmm. to hop on your thing. Yep. So when he's reading his uh, safety instruction videos, he's very much like a total bro. You know, where he's saying things like, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what voice I could even do for it, but it'd be I don't know. Like, I just
0: envision it like if. You know, Steve Irwin had been American.
1: No, it's not like that. Oh, Steve Irwin. Yeah, I, I was thinking Steve Urkel.
0: No, no, no. I was no. like, I don't think it's
1: anything like Steve. No,
0: Urkel. like Steve Irwin, but American. Like no, it's just like, like, hey, so bro, stoked.
1: we're gonna jump on this white water, white, white See? water raft, and we're See? gonna. See, you did a Steve you know, Irwin. Hang accent. on to your. Uh, hang on to your hats. Keep your kids safe and have a rocking, rad time or See? something like that. Yes,
0: if Steve Irwin had been American, that's exactly what that was.
1: Um, and that. That, like, really fit in with um, the whole, like, aesthetic that they were going with. So, for instance, um, Grizzly Peak Airfield, which is where Sorin is, that used to be called Condor Flats. And it was basically like a runway. So there was, like, no trees around it, uh, nothing okay. like that. There was a big jet engine that, like, spewed out water every so often. There was a plane coming out of one of the buildings next to Soren. Okay. Um, it was, like, this big kind of weird and, and almost, like, kind of ugly-ish sort of. Experience got it. Um, there was still like the nature trail and stuff like that, but it was it was just a different vibe. It was like an X Games extreme sports '90s vibe.
0: Okay, and so Grizzly River Run was an opening day ride for DCA because it was like that early 2001 X Games through what did you say 2012 or something? Yeah,
1: 2012 was when it shifted gears. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, so in 2012, um. Everything completely changed. It went from... it, it went, yeah. So it went from um, being this kind of thrown-together idea of an extreme sports area to almost like a California national park.
0: Okay. Like Northern California, though, right? Because we're talking like Redwoods and... Well... Isn't that what that area so is supposed to yes be? Yes and
1: no. Um, Grizzly River... Uh, so the Grizzly Peak was actually inspired by the mountains in yosemite okay national park okay. and yosemite is kind of like s- southeast california um and what's interesting about it actually is that while it says that it was you know inspired by uh, half dome and el capitan and things like that mm-hmm. um there actually is a grizzly peak in yosemite <laughs> and okay. um i think that there is a little bit of inspiration that's gleaned from that but there's also i found a grizzly peak in the berkeley hills Right overlooking San Francisco. Okay. But that's like flat. It's just basically like a big old hill that you can can go up. Um, The real Grizzly Peak is actually 6,200 feet in elevation, Mm -hmm. and it's a part of the Sierra Nevada parent range. Um, It is uh, the real Grizzly Peak in Yosemite. It's uh, uh, predominantly on the southwest wall below Half Dome, and uh, you can see it if you hike up, for instance, Vernal Falls or Nevada Falls. Um, from the northeastern glacier point. Um, The top is not accessible by any trail, but it can be climbed by rock climbers.
0: Interesting.
1: This episode is brought to you by Deep Cut. Deep Cut are makers and purveyors of handcrafted, extremely high-quality records, storage, and displays, shelving, slip mats, coasters, and so much more. We love these guys. They're based out of Minnesota, and they've been sponsoring the show for some time now, but we've actually had Deep Cut in our home for years. One of the first things that we got from them were actually our uh, Flip record display shelves and their floating U-shelves that we just absolutely love. Uh, their U-shelves are beautiful. We have the walnut, uh, the walnut ones that are actually in our bedroom and hold some plants some photo frames, uh, some books, things like that. And also we have their Flip record display shelves in our sitting room uh, where our record player is and we have all of our favorite albums um, easily accessible and, and ready to see at any given time um i i can't really say enough about how much we we really love deep cut um they're such a great company their philosophy is quality and handcraftsman uh, and handcrafted products first and uh, it's it's just one of those places where when you when you get an when you get um uh when you when you get your package when you get your stuff from deep cut you you can just tell immediately when you pull it out like you can smell um you can smell the wood you can feel like the quality of it as you are um as you're kind of uh, pulling everything out and taking a look at your new products it's it's unbelievable and frankly it's it's unrivaled Um, we have as the parks academy a very special promo code you can use the code tpa10 at checkout and you will get 10 percent off your first order at deep cut listen guys i I, I really gotta tell you um you can go ahead and apply this to anything um, from their brand new tabletop uh record stand which i highly recommend uh, their wall cubes, like I said, their uh, their flip record display shelves, their amazing turntable coasters, and um, also I love I, I I keep saying this, but I love their uh, floating new shelves. I'm such an advocate and a uh, and and someone who um just loves these products and will 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 tell it to everyone. I'm not saying this because they sponsor the show. I mean this. Um, we actually got their coasters not that long ago, and one of my favorite things about it is uh, that there's a detail in the middle of the record that says "Listen to music the hard way." Um, again, I just, you know, their, their passion for quality and aesthetics and, and, and bringing forward a really great product is, is undeniable. So again, if you go to their website and you type in TPA10, you are going to get 10% off your first order. Thank you again so much to Deep Cut for sponsoring the show and being a part of the Parks Academy. And now back to the show. So couple of fun facts first do you have any input from any of this
0: well when i was you know i'm just following along and thinking through things i thought i had seen something about how it was inspired by like the redwoods and the sacramento river so that's what was Mm -hmm. having me think of like I think of the Grizzly Peak area Mm -hmm. as more Northern California Mm -hmm. vibes because you have some of the other aspects of like the boardwalk area and the Pixar Mm -hmm. place, like all of that stuff makes me think of more like either Santa Cruz or Southern California or something. So when I think of Grizzly Peak, I think of that type of national parks in California being more of Northern California, uh, which is why I like that area so Mm -hmm. much because I like that so much more than I like the beach and I like the boardwalks and stuff. So. Yeah, I. This is awesome.
1: So, um, a couple of fun facts about Grizzly River Run mm-hmm. and the peak. Grizzly Peak is actually 110 feet tall, mm-hmm. and it was constructed constructed by Intamin Amusement Amusement Rides International. Okay. So they are some of the big purveyors of roller coasters um, and water rides, and in fact, they've actually done both Cali River Rapids and. Grizzly River Run. Interesting. So these guys, um, Intamin, are the company that constructed it. Um, what's interesting, however, is with uh, with um, Grizzly River Run, when you go down the hill, right? When you're kind of doing the, I think it's a 21 foot drop okay. that you go down. Um, Disney Incorporated, and they they were the first ones to do it. They incorporated a somewhat of a pulley system to where when you begin to go down, you the the ride will actually spin the raft. So then that way you kind of, that's why you end up going down and spinning. Oh. Um, so there's actually a mechanism that does that. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing about the ride. And then the other thing about the ride specifically is when you go through the tunnels, the lore says that you can still hear, um, that you can still hear Usumate howling or growling or whatever. Interesting. But it's actually piped in audio. Right. Through it? Yes. Um, and the other thing is, in the first tunnel that you go through, this is kind of a, kind of a fun fact, but the first mm-hmm. tunnel that you go through, if you look up in the ceiling, there's a hidden Mickey up there with light from like the hieroglyphs or petroglyphs. Yeah. However, because you're going from broad daylight into a dark cave, oftentimes people's eyes get dilated and yep. they just can't they see it in the They don't adjust that quickly, so yeah. So if you want to see it, legend has it. Close you your You want to see eyes. it. That or go in the afternoon or the evening or something okay. like that so you can see it better.
0: Yeah. But if you close your eyes leading into the first tunnel and then open them, your eyes will have been adjusted to the dark already and you should be able to see it.
1: That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I mean, it's it's such a beautiful area yes. that I wouldn't really recommend.
0: My eyes would be closed the whole entire ride. So.
1: It's fun. You've never been. I've been on it a handful of times. It's very fun.
0: I, I think I might have done Kali River Rapids once when I was a kid. Uh, not a fan of rapids over here. Not a fan, not a fan of water rides in general, but I definitely do not want to get soaked by like some random waterfall that I so happen to mm-hmm. rotate under. You basically while we're get, it. lose
1: the lottery on. It's disgusting. I hate waterfall. that. I would love to go on it again soon.
0: It's not, not my jam.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So, a couple of things about the surrounding area of Grizzly Peak. Uh, for a while, the Grizzly Peak Recreation Area used to be for smoking. So there was an entire area kind of in there that people just went and smoked.
0: It seems super opposite of the point of a national park area.
1: Right. But smoking was officially pushed out, in, uh, out of Disney. And I think like late 2019, around the time that... um Galaxy's Edge opened, because one of the, this is sort of a side trail, uh, but one of the few places that guests could smoke in Disney, Disneyland and continue to do so was if you were going past uh, Critter Country, where you have Splash Mountain, Hungry Bear Cafe, and you go kind of all around the back, that used to kind of just lead to, like, near Fantasyland. It would just kind of, like, loop you all the way around there. Right. But uh, when Galaxy's Edge opened up, it was basically a thoroughfare into the Resistance base. So that was kind of one of the few smoking areas left where people could go. And Disney ended up, um, after a while, just basically completely ridding the parks of all smoking. And so um, while that area used to be for smokers, now it's a really, really nice um, area with seating and it's a thoroughfare. And there's bridge lookouts and all kinds of things that you can kind of do to sort of sit in the shade underneath all the trees and just enjoy yourself.
0: Beautiful. I
1: love that spot. It's really nice. Um, The other thing I think that is uh, really, really nice about it too is if you actually um, go through the Grizzly Peak Path behind the ride, you can actually follow a trail and just kind of like see parts of the ride. You can see something called the Steam Donkey which is a real thing. It was um, a way to kind of pull lumber back in the old mining days. Um, And there's like all these little uh, sort of like Easter eggs. You can see if you basically just follow along the path of the um, the peak, sort of around the base of it and stuff. And what's interesting about that is that's kind of, to me anyway, that reminds me a lot of what you would get in like Tree of Life in Animal Kingdom. Yes. Where there's all these little secret pathways and little areas you can kind of sort of disappear
0: yes or they are much quieter
1: yeah so um i'm going to give you a couple of fun factoids about the grizzly park grizzly peak area
0: okay i'm ready
1: okay so the first one is um when you are i believe it's somewhere near um And I could be wrong, but I I believe that this specifically is somewhere near Sorin. But there is a um, U.S. Agriculture Department sign about warning against uh, forest fires.
0: I remember that, yes. Do, Do you remember
1: who was on it? It's not Smokey the Bear? Not Smokey
0: the Bear. Who's on the sign? Hmm... I don't remember.
1: So Smokey the Bear was adopted by the, um, as like the, you know, big mascot for not starting forest fires in 1944. Okay. But before that, the U.S. Agriculture Department adopted Bambi as their first mascot. Really? Yes. So there is a sign about preventing forest fires with Bambi, Thumper, and Flower. And it has Walt Disney's little signature on it. It says like Walt Disney, you know... Uh, incorporated or or studios or something like that. How cute. Um, And it's basically a replicant of one of the original, um, you know, forest fire prevention uh, signs that they had. That's very cute. With Bambi.
0: I tell a quick side story about Bambi. Please, by all means. That made me laugh last week. So my mom and I went to the movies on Mother's Day and we went to see Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is a great movie for um, like preteen girls and their moms, but also just like women of any age to see. And during the trailers at the beginning of the movie, they're showing all of these previews for upcoming, you know, animated movies and kids movies and cartoons and all these things. And the theater was just full of older ladies. And my mom and I were there sitting behind a group of older women. And one of the older ladies after... It was like we saw the elemental preview and then that new Kraken movie trailer. And after that one, the one of the older ladies in front of us goes, all we had in my day was Bambi. Like she was so upset that Bambi was the only thing she had as a child and that all of these modern movies that there's like so many options for kids to watch. And I was just like, what in the world? My mom and I could not stop laughing. So I was like, there were so many Walt Disney animated films how old is this lady
1: so bambi came out in
0: 1942
1: yeah so what would that make her like oh uh 81 did she look like she was in her 80s
0: i well, she was sitting in front of me in a dark movie theater so i'm not sure but it's just like was that how could that have been the only movie you had as a
1: child I, I like bet. there
0: were plenty of other Disney movies that came out back then. And also
1: that wasn't even Walt's first picture. Right. So, That's like, what I'm saying. Settle down.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. My mom and I were just laughing hysterically because she clearly couldn't hear herself. So she was old enough that she could uh, that she could remember Bambi at least. But uh,
1: but young enough that she hasn't learned not to complain.
0: Yes. Correct. Correct. So I just thought that was a that fun is. little side story. When I think about Bambi now, I will forever think. Of that lady complaining that's all she had when she was
1: growing up. I know.
0: Even though there was a plethora of other Disney films. Hey, it was
1: hard growing up in the 40s, I would I guess.
0: Well, yes, it was. I'm you know, sure. Post Great Depression, funny. you know? It was just a funny thing.
1: Yeah, I get it.
0: So, yes, cute Bambi and Flower and uh, Thumper on the little sign. How sweet.
1: I did have one other thing that I wanted to um, mention about the ride that I completely forgot. But I told you we're going to go all the way back to my friend Bumper McFerrin our 1990s dude bro who oh, yes. did the safety video. Our ex-games friend. Correct. When he was when he was fired by Disney for, you know, uh, narrating the ride and, and doing what he was doing, uh, he was replaced by... You're going to want to look this up because you're going to know him when you see him. I'm pretty sure. His narration was replaced by J. Autobahn Woodlore. Does that name mean anything to you? J. Audubon. Audubon. Wood Lore. Oh yeah yeah. So he is a park ranger and he has been in several uh several little shorts. Um one of the ones that he's uh one of the one of the ones that he's most known for is any time that he is specifically um with uh Humphrey the Bear. And he was actually, I believe he was the park ranger in uh, Donald Duck's Wide Open Spaces from 1947. So he does the voice for that. And also, fun fact, he was the voice of Mr. Schmee in um, Peter Pan. Mm. So he He now... He was also
0: in Ralph Breaks the Internet most recently. As himself. Yeah, as Ranger Woodlore.
1: There you go. That's cool. That that movie was
0: it made me remember like a modern version of him too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why, why do I recognize yeah. this guy, but with a different animation also, but I also recognize him from some of his interactions with like mm-hmm. Donald duck. Yeah. He's been in several of those cartoons. I think
1: he, um, first of all, I don't remember him from Ralph breaks the internet. Cause that movie was just a catastrophe of the I visuals. I don't
0: remember anything about that movie, but right. I do recognize that he was in it right. with like better animation. That's crazy
1: that that's what you remember him from. Um, but anyway, so he's the, uh, he's the narrator now who does the safety spiel. It's so much better, so much more relaxing, and um, a, a lot less uh, out of place. Fun fact. Fun fact.
0: He also is a mascot for Walt Disney World's Disney's Wilderness Lodge Hotel. Excellent. So he appears cool. in some of their hotel merch as well. Maybe we saw him when we went last trip.
1: It's possible. He's he's a cute little guy, isn't he? He's so fun. He's just kind of short what a fun and little stubby thing. and, and... The, but that
0: makes perfect sense mm-hmm. that they would use him in those safety videos about like telling people to keep the forest cleans and whatnot.
1: Yeah, he's a good little fella. He's um he's a fun one. So, anyway, he's uh he's he's there and uh, doing his thing and we're thankful. We're thankful for him. Um, the final thing that I wanted to mention is like a little fact about the area. Um, And we can still talk about it if you want, because I think there's other things that are are fun to talk about. But um, there is, you know, the little like, um, you know, the little um, yellow old school, like 1950s car with a canoe on top of it. Yes. So if you were to um, look at the license plate, the license plate reads red one ten. Do you have any idea what that could mean? Red one ten, and remember, like Disney's all about Easter eggs and and mm-hmm. dates and homages and stuff like sure. that. If you don't know, it's fine. It's not the easiest one to know.
0: Is it like a Pantone color?
1: No, it's not. Okay. So red—that well, red... was a good guess. That was good. That was a good guess. So red one ten is actually um, for Walt Disney's nephew Roy Edison Disney, who was born on January tenth. Ah. Fun little, Very fun little fact there. How sweet. Um A little bit of like solemn, sad news. So Grizzly Peak is obviously in honor of the California grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. However, California grizzly bear, when it's extinct in 1920.
0: Extinct in 1920? Extinct in California
1: in 1920. Holy Toledo. Or the 1920s. But. So basically it's been 100 years since has had a grizzly bear. And what's what's fascinating to me about that is, um, you know, a lot of times we think about, like, modern-day extinction of animals and stuff from um, pollution or poachers or whatever, um, you know, or just, like, climate change or whatever's, you know, happening. But this was over 100 years ago when things—I mean, obviously, the the gold rush had happened, um, what, 70 years prior to that, um, plus, you know, 70-plus years prior to that uh but still i mean that is a very very crazy i knew that the i knew that it was extinct in california but i didn't know that it had been gone for like over a hundred years
0: yeah that's so sad unbelievable right yeah the last known grizzlies were killed in the sierra foothills east of fresno in the early 1920s there yeah. are th- so grizzly bears themselves are not extinct though there are still right, plenty right. of them in alaska and canada um, There's some in Montana, but California, which, like you said, like prominently mm-hmm. displays the grizzly bear on their flag. What a sad, sad thing. We Now, we saw a grizzly bear at a zoo. What zoo was that? Was that in San Francisco?
1: That was at the San Francisco Zoo.
0: And so it was just mm-hmm. one blessed grizzly bear by himself. And it he was the really saddest sad. thing I've ever seen in my life because... He's probably just one of the only ones in California.
1: I know. I don't um I don't think I should get on a tangent about zoos.
0: This is so, this is not the time or place so I'm to not. rant about so zoos. So I'm not going to. We love animals. That's all we're gonna I say. Love
1: animals. We don't prefer zoos. Even though some of the people are doing good work and they really care about the animals.
0: Some zoos are like rehabilitation centers some are for animals. Than and it's great. Some are awful. That's all we're gonna say.
1: Um when you go on Grizzly River Rapids, you uh, – obviously I told you about Russian Russian River Outfitters. Correct. R-U-S-H-I-N. Which, correct. And so why we're kind of – the joke behind that, for those of you who may not know, is a Russian River is actually a – uh, uh, it's like an a, a agricultural um, area in Northern California mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of wine grows. There's obviously the Russian River, but it's spelled like the country. And so um, it's just funny that they did a little pun on that. But uh, you can, if, if you do not want to get soaked on this ride, you can buy ponchos in there. And they do have free lockers where you can like lock up your stuff so you don't get it too wet. Do
0: they have a little thing? Now, I don't remember what theme park I'm remembering this from. Like a center console of sorts.
1: Uh, where you can, like, hold where on to it? Where you
0: place your items inside of the center console so they don't get wet.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: That's that's not a Disneyland thing. No, it's Which would not. make sense. It's not. What? Is it Cali River Rapids?
1: So on Grizzly River Run, the way that the uh, the ride vehicles look is they do have, like, a little netting that you can put your stuff in. But for the most part, it's almost like a big steering wheel in the middle that you just grab onto. Um but yeah there's there's no um there there's no like there's nothing on the ride that you can uh that you can um uh you know that you can like store your stuff in um <clears throat> i would like to pivot really quickly to um the uh 30 foot tall grizzly bear that stands outside of the ride do you know what I'm talking about
0: like outside of before you get in the key line? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that specifically so, because I didn't ride the ride.
1: So he has, it's this, you need to look him up because he's this majestic, glorious 30-foot grizzly bear. And he's wearing a life vest, safety first, a little helmet. He has a, a, a little uh, like raft. He's holding a lantern and he has a big oar. Tell me when you see this guy because he is a sight to behold.
0: Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Isn't he great? Um, This picture that I'm seeing, he they're like, change out his outfits. Yes. So, so for Christmas, they give him a cute little Christmas sweater. Mm-hmm. And he's holding his little lantern still. And then yes. for Halloween, they give him a little Mickey Correct. pumpkin candy um basket. That is
1: exactly right. That so, is so cute. The interesting thing about him, though, is he doesn't have a name. Really? So like...
0: No identity. All this lore for the right. whole thing. So you have
1: all this crap about, you know, um, uh, about, you know, Jacob Probes, the German immigrant who came in and, and did his thing. And then you've got freaking Bumper McFerrin, you know, but we don't have a name for this big grizzly bear. So I ask you, if you were to name him, what do you think would be a good name for this fella? Ted. Ted? He
0: looks like a Ted, doesn't he? Um... I just, as soon as you asked me what his name was, I just looked at him and his little toothies were sticking out. And I was like, that is most definitely a Ted. His teeths. Like his name is Theodore, but he goes by Ted.
1: Yeah, I was thinking it's going to be a little bit more like on the nose, like um, Grizz or something.
0: Yeah, but you know, I think Theodore just came to me because when I think about national parks, I think about Teddy Roosevelt. And so I think that is kind of on the nose. Because okay. he's in this national parks area, yeah. and Teddy that, Roosevelt, sure. and and he's a bear, so you know makes Teddy Bear, yeah. Um, I see, love that's this pretty guy. On
1: the nose. I love yeah, it is. I love this guy. I have to take a picture of him every time I see him. Um, he's just uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> one of the final things that I have to say about this whole area that I find one of the things that I found to be extremely interesting is, so obviously we know that um, Disney's California Adventure is twenty two years old. And when it first started, they had, like, these little saplings of trees that they planted, you know, like, redwoods and stuff that they basically planted all around the area. And so um, if if you look up, like, you know, before and after pictures of, like, the trees around Grizzly Peak, for 22 years ago, it was extremely visible. So you would, like, it was just towering over everything. And now, because the trees have had two decades to grow... It almost looks like the bear is drowning in redwood trees.
0: Yeah, it's like he doesn't stick out as much anymore. So But I it's found, beautiful. It it's is beautiful. still beautiful.
1: And that's the same thing with like, you know, Disney's Grand Californian Hotel is uh there's like trees all around it that have just grown up and really kind of taken over. So um one of the things that I find compelling about this area, and I don't think any other area in Disney really lets this happen, maybe Animal Kingdom a little bit. But it's not really manicured. It's just sort of like let the trees do their thing and let it act like its very own national park.
0: Right. Yeah. So, Which I love about Animal Kingdom. I love that it's just sort of seems like it's letting nature do its thing.
1: Right. So those are my thoughts and my on all the information that I have about uh, the Disney's California Adventure icon, Grizzly Peak. I love it. I learned a lot. Yeah. I, I really did learn a lot. Well, it's interesting to me because there's just like so much weird stuff that comes with it. Yeah, that I most of which I would never even
0: right, like little things I never even would have thought had a backstory.
1: Right, exactly.
0: For sure, I am wondering now that I've been looking at all these pictures of Grizzly Peak and mm-hmm. all these things. I'm wondering because they've started the work on San Francisco, right? Yes. I wonder what sort of the. Skyline, if you will, of DCA is going to look like. How tall is the San Francisco Bridge going to be? Is it going to be lower than Grizzly Peak? Is Grizzly Peak still going to stick out like it does? I don't think
1: it's going to be. I you don't know. think it's going to be that big at all.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I'm I think it's going to gonna be picture. pretty modest, frankly,
1: because they used to have the Golden Gate Bridge sure at the entrance of of, of California Adventure on the opening when Correct. it was like the postcard feel before it turned into like early. Buena Vista Street from Walt getting off the train from Kansas City, right? Um, but I don't think that I don't think that San Francisco is going to be all that cumbersome to the park skyline
0: because what I'm picturing, I mean, I'm seeing some like artist renderings here of what it's supposed to look like. But I, that bridge right now isn't that tall, right?
1: No, because it basically just took over the earthquake bridge. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's big-ish, but I don't think, Yeah, I'm know, just, you I, know, I
0: small little details, but I'm just interested to see if you're looking at sort of the overall feel. If you're standing in mm-hmm. the center of DCA and you've got, you know, you're standing right by the Little Mermaid ride and you're looking around, what are you going to be able to see?
1: Yeah, um, I'm sure that there's going to be some vloggers that'll tell us. I'm sure there will be. You know, be. without us even asking them to.
0: Yeah, they'll let us know. They'll let, they'll show us all the details. And
1: I'm probably going to not watch because I've stopped watching Disney vloggers.
0: That's okay. They're doing their thing. Oh. We're
1: doing ours. Don't even worry about it. I don't even trip, dog. Um, but yeah,
0: I'm excited to see. D- I mean, I've talked about it before. DCA is my favorite of the Disneyland Resort. Um, The area. That's That's totally fair. You know, I just I, I love Disneyland. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I don't have the same nostalgia I have because I didn't go there growing up as a kid. There is something special about, you know, Walt's first park. But I think DCA has so much to offer. And now that I'm an adult and I've only been to Disneyland as an adult, I think I just resonated more with DCA.
1: DCA is kind of like going to Epcot.
0: Right, exactly. Where
1: it's like there are stuff for the kids, but it's sort of more of like a walk around, take your time. correct? No rush sort of environment. Yes. And when you do go to the Grizzly Peak Recreation Area, it really at that point seriously turns into like... This super chill, relaxed environment. It's very relaxing. There's which only is three what I things want. to do. You have like the nature trail. Yes. You have the uh, rapids, and you have Soren.
0: Soren. And I don't ride the, you know, the river rapids ride. All yeah. of the alliteration. You know what?
1: There's a great place to get churros near there. Mm. So all the way back to our churro episode. Um, but yeah, there's a really good place to get churros.
0: <laughs> I remember going in that shop back there um, uh-huh. near Soren. Like Mm -hmm. the little hanger, yeah, that's
1: sort of an. I mean, that's in the same area, but yeah, all of that is like hanger area. Yeah,
0: all of that is back by Grizzly Peak, and Mm -hmm. I remember that little shop is really
1: nice. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that that's for me. That area is one of those like, I want to go there toward the end of the day. I don't really want to start there. I'd rather start toward like the Hollywood. The awful Hollywood area that really needs a facelift. Although I haven't seen Avengers Campus, so it might be better sure, over there. Sure, right. And then Pixar Pier, and then when it's like, I need a break. I like to go over too.
0: Well, we um, ended in Grizzly Peak last time we were mm-hmm, there.
1: We did. It's so relaxing.
0: It is relaxing. What I
1: really want to do is stay in the hotel and get, you know.
0: Get to just walk back
1: yeah, so through bad. the
0: park to into your hotel after the end of the day.
1: I love the lobby. I love that hotel, but I haven't stayed there.
0: It's beautiful. So,
1: it is beautiful. All right, well, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we're really excited to uh, continue on with this mini-series of park icons. I don't really know who's going to do what, but I can guarantee you Paige is going to do Tree of Life. Um, we are, uh, we're really excited about this, and uh, we've had a lot of fun sort of planning and, and putting it together. Um, thank you so much to our sponsor, Deep Cut, for um, your support of the show. Uh, Deep Cut, as you know, are makers of record accessories and stands and displays. Uh, We love these guys. They're incredible. And uh, you can get 10% off your first order using the code uh, TPA10. That's the code. Um, You can also find us on Instagram at the Parks Academy. You can find us online at theparksacademypod.com. And, um, you know, of course, we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Your kind words go a long way and do mean a lot. And finally, if you wanted to support the show and get access to um, other content, you can uh, jump on our Patreon and support us that way. So, uh, thanks again so much, everyone. We, again, we, we really cannot express to you our appreciation for listening and all the downloads and support. And, you know, uh, start in Canada, start in Adventureland.